Hello, welcome to this week's Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast. And we are coming to you in the wake of a victory, a first home win since September for Norwich City, beating Bournemouth 1-0. Also, welcome to listeners on Future Radio 107.8 FM. We're back in the studio at Open in Norwich. And it's rather well-timed as we've got a win to talk about, which is very welcome. Just a second in 18 league games for Norwich in the Premier League. Mr Paddy Dabbit, I'm going to come to you first. We've also got Connor Southwell and Tony Thrussell in the room. We're not in the services for once, which is, <laughs> which is nice. We're not in a McDonald's, so there's no background music. Uh, but Paddy, yes, just the, the immediate feeling in, in the aftermath of a, of a very satisfying win. Bit unnerving, Dave, that we've actually got a win to get our teeth into, to be fair. <laughs> which is a bit of a poor reflection on Norwich's output in the Premier League. FA Cup win aside, of course, but uh, didn't do it easy, never do, but um, much needed and the world looks a slightly brighter place this evening. So uh, this should be an absolutely sparkling <laughs> hour or so of uh, audio gold or not. As always, as always, Pad. <laughs> Uh, well, let's, we won't get too carried away, of course. We know it's a 1-0 win against uh, the second bottom team, uh, a win for the team at the bottom. They're still six points adrift, so obviously we won't get too carried away, but we should enjoy that winning feeling as it's not happened too often. And, and to be fair to the players, they, they really had to dig in and, and get over the line today and, and, and full of uh, full of drama as well. Uh, two red cards, VAR, uh, a pretty big goal for Timu Pukki as well. Um, Connor, uh, his 10th uh, of the season, he's had to wait a little while for it, but that's also his 40th for the mm. club in just what just over 18 months basically and I did have a quick check back on the records so he's now level with 40 goals for the club level with Phil Boyer Paul McVeigh and Justin Fashionu in joint 33rd place already and in his sights he's got Cameron Jerome Kevin Reeves Chris Sutton and Dale Gordon that's not half bad is it it's not bad going is it in in what 18 months or so yeah uh, I mean, he's, he's what can you, what more can you say about Timmy Puki, Finnish athlete of the, of the year as well? To chuck <laughs> yeah. into that, I don't know how big his mantelpiece is at home, but that, that must be <laughs> quite. He must have a whole room dedicated to all the awards he's won since joining Norwich. Uh, no, it was uh, it, it was a, a better display from him, I think, uh, today. Uh, I think the rest did him some good, but obviously it always helps when you've got a penalty, doesn't it, to to convert. But um, it will do his confidence no harm, and the team's confidence no harm either. I think we saw at the final whistle um, just how. Bigger result that was. I think Todd Cantwell was was on the floor in uh, in with ecstasy. I suppose uh, in, in in terms <laughs> on of on the that floor one. with ecstasy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like everyone wants to be on Saturday. <laughs> <night>. <laughs> but uh, but uh, a massive win. I, I don't think. I think I, I tweeted and said it's, it's one foot at the bottom of Everest, and and they've got to, they've got to put one in, in front of it. But for considering how bleak it was, as, as Paddy mentioned, it's, it's strange to be talking about a win. That's for sure. But it's a, a step in the right direction. Um, they've, they've just got to back it up <laughs> at Tottenham Hotspur on Wednesday now. <laughs> but Tony, you've already written them off, haven't you? They're they're already down. Um, well, I think don't rewrite history now. No, my no, no. I think the key is to um, <laughs> I forgot what the saying is now. Is if you <laughs> to, are, to backtrack. No, no. If you underestimate what's going to happen, you'll be pleasantly surprised okay. with the positive outcome. So hopefully, I'll be eating humble pie at the end of the season, literally at Man City. Which will be very nice if Man City's catering. We won't go there. That's a Pandora's <laughs> box. But uh, And Connor might be on for a pint at the end of the season again. But as we say, still we're not on. getting carried still away. Still on. It's <laughs> still on. Right. <laughs> let's uh, let's go back to the start a little bit, shall we, and, and, and review things properly. Um, the team changes. Uh, Andre Duda, um, we're going to talk about him plenty in, in the pod. Uh, goes straight in. 
his first start for the club, uh, le- what, six days after completing that loan signing from Hertha Berlin. Uh, he comes in, in to the number 10 role, as I think most fans were, were hoping he would be straight in there. So Daniel Farker, um, brave with that one. Timo Pukki back in for Adam Eder, who wasn't even on the bench. And uh, Ben Godfrey comes straight in as well. Grant Hanley drops to the bench. So in terms of those changes, Paddy, um, Duda, Duda paid off really, didn't it? And, and Godfrey, as we'll come on to, did, did get a red card in the 77th minute. But uh, before that, he'd been pretty good as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a good old tussle with Callum Wilson. Uh, I mean, he got a... Yeah, there was there was, an, there was an opportunity. It was in the first half he brought him down, didn't he? And then unfortunately, them two came together again in the second half. Like you say, Dave will probably leave that to a little bit later in the pod. But Duda is the one, isn't it? I mean, everybody's purring about his performance. Um, Daniel just simply summed him up and said, he, "Class, you know, coming off a German midwinter break and also not really played too much at Hertha Berlin. We all know the backstory now. Um, seemingly out of favour with Jurgen Klinsmann, who's recently gone into that club." But you could see that you could see the quality of the man, and we discussed it on the walk away from the stadium en route here this evening. It wasn't take a touch, get the ball under control, then do a pirouette, then sort of turn back into trouble. It was literally everything instant. First touch, boom, boom, boom. Pictures around him. He knew where his players were around him, and and it was night and day. And that's no real disrespect to the guys who've been wearing that shirt or, or in that part of the pitch for Norwich. But he looked a cut above. Um, and what an opening statement! And you just hope. Um, that it isn't, I did put this in my pointers, I don't want to jinx anything, but we were all purring about Stephen Naismith after his first appearance for the Norwich <laughs> yeah. shirt, and we know how that panned out. Live updates. <laughs> yeah, so so let's let's keep keep it a little bit dialed down, but certainly more than enough evidence on that shift that he could be a very astute signing. Timu Pugi looked a different player with, with that man around him. I thought Cantwell and Buendia, the blend there was perfect. Um, and obviously very important to, to that first half incident that ultimately decided the game. It was Duda's shot that was handled by Steve Cook and then Pukki stepped up, nearly had a goal in the second half. Aaron Ramsdale made a very good save. He was he was very good in that spell with Bournemouth keeper. But all in all, massive tick in the box and, and it's, it's exciting times for me to see how that blend works moving forward. Just on what Paddy was saying about those three, Cantwell, Buendia and Duda, Combined, this is the stat I was telling you about, they had 240 touches between them today. 240? Yeah. Wow. Um, and Norwich total was around 820 or something like that. So it just shows you how important those guys are. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it, it, it's, it really is a credit to that guy that you look at that shift today and if you didn't know the backstory, there's no way you would have said he, he only arrived four or five days ago barely had time to get to know his teammates let alone the style of play that Norwich play let alone adapt to let's be honest, which was a very tense affair in the Premier League. And all that aside, for him to produce that level of performance, um, you can only really take your hat off to him. And uh, it could be another one for Mr Weber and his recruitment team, I think. Yeah, Connor, um, now Kenny McLean was dropped back and Mario Vrancic was, was left out. So in a way, with McLean and, and Tetty, you had sort of a defensive shield there, didn't you? Which allowed those three quite similar attacking players to have that that freedom. Mm. Did, you, did you think that worked? I, I think balance is the key word. I, I don't think we've we've seen a lot of it this season, but that midfield mix felt a lot more compatible uh, today than, than I think it has done in recent weeks. I think in McLean, you, you've just got a bundle of energy. I think it, he'll get himself about, uh, is, is usually consistently a six or a seven, I think, in, in terms of performances. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think it did work. And I think Duda contributed to that from a defensive point of view as well in, in terms of his positioning. And he was intelligent with that all afternoon. Um, but it, it was important considering 
how those midfields matched up in terms of Bournemouth playing a 4-3-3 that Norwich did um, almost assert themselves in that area of the pitch because that was the key battleground for me. Um, and, and if Norwich could dominate that, and, and they certainly did within their possession, although there were a couple of ropey moments in the first half where they did give the ball away. Yeah, Bournemouth but, pressed them really well, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. But but for the majority, I thought they, they had control in, in that midfield, um, perhaps on a lesser extent in, in the second half for sure. But yeah, on, on Duda, I, th- I think on a, on a wider point, it, it was nice to see someone in that position who wanted to take the ball, um, even though he had three or four defenders around him. And uh, you, Pad rightly spoke about Campwell and, and Buendia today and... and perhaps his, his influence on, on those as well because they actually had the, I suppose, the ability and, and the combination to combine with Duda and then opened up space centrally for them and, and they could drive into. And I think that's why Buendia had, had such a, a brilliant display today. But in, in, in terms of Duda, it was neat, it was tidy, it was, as, as Paddy said, one, two touches. It, it wasn't um, sort of complicated. It, was, it didn't overcomplicate the game. It was, it was very simplistic. Uh, I, I, w- I would hope there's more to come for him, but based on that, first performance that is um that's that's very impressive indeed well let's let's do it then and um, we've got a load of comments in about duda um after the game on, on the pink and twitter if you ever want to get in touch with us yeah we're at pink and uh, neil black simply says class player david wilde says looked great great movement on and off the ball on the ball city uh mead who underscore ncfc uh, nearly got a debut goal but steve cook with the outstanding save we'll come on to that in just a second sharon bowles said very impressed we really needed a player like this he held the play together beautifully hardly put a foot wrong today twitchy terry tv <laughs> These <laughs> names always sound weird when you read them out don't they? twitter names um a little early to say, but down or up, if he keeps up those stats, then Delia needs to get out the payday loan for a permanent contract. Yeah, as as Daniel said in the pre-match presser, I, I think the chance of Norwich signing him permanently are incredibly soon, even even if they stayed up. Because, I mean, to take... Daniel didn't say this, this is me taking this on, but if he kept them up and was inspirational to that, then someone else is probably going to nip in and, and take him, aren't they? Um, Sonny uh, Winter, who uh, says, incredible signing, so excited to see the difference he'll make for the rest of the season and uh, we'll come back to the other ones uh, which um, Connor can uh, tell us later in the show. Um, Paddy, the players that missed out, uh, Mario Vrancic, uh, Mo Leitner, Marcus Stiefman, uh, Adam Eder, they weren't even on the bench Amadou. today. Amadou as well. Uh, was that covered in the, the presser afterwards with, with, with Daniel? No, no, we didn't, we didn't touch on that but the reality is and Daniel did make the point in terms of and we'll get into it, obviously for the first time he said this season he had three centre-back options and boy were they needed when Godfrey got himself sent off to bring Hanley on. So I think on a broader point, those players you mentioned, unfortunately, you bring in two seriously decent operators in Daniel's view, in, in Rupp and, and Duda, then that increased level of competition is going to, moving forward, if there's no injury issues moving forward, of course now Ben Godfrey will be suspended, so there'll have to be a little tweak to the 18 for Tottenham. Um, but I'm afraid to say I think those ones you've listed as it stands outside this group. And if the team continue to perform and, more importantly, win games, we might not be seeing too much of those players you've listed. And uh, I guess, could any of them really put their hand up and say they deserve to be in the 11, let alone the 18? Not for me. I thought uh, they've all, to varying degrees, had a chance. Maybe Amadou's a little bit harsh because he was brought ostensibly as a defensive holding midfielder. Um, because of the injury problems at centre-back, he got pitched in there. He didn't really convince. And now, allied to Alex Tete, really enjoying a, a season to remember. He's um, he's found himself out of the mix. So him aside, I feel a little bit hard done by, but all the others, no, they've had an opportunity and they've not grasped it. Hence why they had to go out into the market and bring in two new players in midfield. Just a little side note, Tony just spotted a good uh, tweet 
uh, from Simon Power, a uh, young Norwich uh, winger who's gone out on loan to Kings Lynn. They had a massive game today, which uh, you can read all about on the EDP website. Our sports editor, Chris Lakey, was there. Lynn beat York City 1-0 nonetheless to remain top of National League North. 4,000 fans at the Walks, which is absolutely cracking. And it sounds like Power had a uh, had a decent role in that. Republic of Ireland under 21 international, isn't he? Yeah, well... <laughs> I mean, he made his debut today and uh, looks like he got man of the match. He's he's posted a picture um, with his gift. Prosecco um, rather than champagne, is that? Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, fair play to him. I've never seen him play. You boys, have you seen him play? Yeah, he's got loads of pace, hasn't he, Simon? But he was on loan at Ross County in Scotland and that's not worked out for him. So, um, if he can... There's Alfie Payne there as well as on loan from Norwich. So, um, let's hope that those boys can keep them driving forward. Of course, Ian Culverhouse in charge, Ryan Jarvis, plenty of Norwich links at the walks these days. So, that was a great result. Um, right, let's do the goal. Uh, the decisive moment of the game. 31st minute. Uh, Duda heads on to Todd Campwell. Campwell then plays a nice through ball to Pookie, but Aaron Ramsdale beats him to it, uh, blocks the shot, and the ball falls nicely for Duda, who cleverly just sort of instinctively... Adam esque uh, almost, his second goal. <laughs> almost, yeah. a bit closer yeah. range, not, not 50, 60 yards, as, uh, <laughs> as people were saying at the time. Um, Minus the actual 20 it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, what, 25 yards out, lift it over the keeper. It's going in. We can see it perfectly from the press box, yeah. can't we? It's definitely going in. And then, like a salmon, Steve Cook rises and brilliant save, tips it onto the post. Um, from there, he's very quickly shown the red card. The referee makes the decision. He's already down the tunnel before VAR even gets involved. Timo Pukki is waiting to take that penalty to score that 10th goal of the season that we've already discussed. VAR, I think, from what we've seen after the game, was checking for a handball on Todd Campwell. And uh, possibly it may have just brushed his hand, but it certainly didn't make any difference to the to the direction of the ball uh, or anything like that. So thankfully VAR didn't cancel it out and Pookie was able to, to tuck it away. But that was some save, wasn't it, Paddy? What, from Steve Cook? Yeah. <laughs> Allah, a.k.a. Lev Yashin, for you older listeners, but uh, you might probably need to look that yeah, up. Yeah, you'll have to film I've gone in right that. into the annals there with that one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it reminded me of Berra for Ipswich. Lev yeah, it was a it was a cat like save and um, a bit of a rush of blood, I think. All, all being told, because if it had gone in, then they okay, they've got a thick end of an hour, eleven v eleven, and as was proven in the second half, they they had more than enough to create some one or two decent chances. Certainly, Eddie Howe post match in in the presser, um, he said he didn't want to berate him, but it was an error, and if he re- looked at it again, I'm sure he'd have took a different course of action. But it was just an instinctive hand up, um, and what you know. I didn't like particularly without getting it back into the VAR can of worms is that Timu Puki had to basically wait to take that penalty, which I don't think is in the favour of the attacking team, but it is what it is and uh, showed all that composure and uh, a lovely finish high and down the middle, importantly, because, you know, Ramsdale went one side and uh, it was back where he came from. And uh, given Norwich's woeful record with spot kicks in the last 12 months or so, uh, that was by no means a given. Yeah, um, and that did prove to be the decisive moment at uh, that red card that Bournemouth quite sensibly through to half time just sort of locked it down a bit didn't they, they brought on Simon Francis to um, make sure they still had four defenders they went 4-3-2 essentially mm. they went into this game with nine defeats in 11 so they're now 10 from 12 they're absolutely nosediving back towards the championship which would leave them in, in real trouble given the amount of money they spent particularly on wages in recent years they they, they would have a real uh, financial issue on their hands if, if they do end up going down Norwich now only three points behind them at the bottom um, but it was after half time when Norwich should have wrapped it up wasn't it Connor I mean the pass from Wendy to put Pucky clean through that was probably 
the big one, but but Buendia and Duda both denied as well. Yeah, I think the Puki one is is just probably a little bit too central. He can't open up his body enough to work a good enough angle to to find the bottom corner. Um, sadly, but yeah, quite an- uncharacteristic for for Puki that chance. He, he sort of put it straight at Ramsdale, didn't he? But yeah, I don't think the angle did him any favours. But yeah, we we come back to this this theme, don't we? Of Norwich being unable to kill off games and and find that that killer goal when when they need to, and and that lack of a, a clinical edge has almost cost them, particularly recently. And we we've seen how much in December, um, if they could have got a second goal probably how much more points they'd have on the board but um, there we are I, th- I think you, you have to sort of take into consideration their defensive frailties as well uh, on, on, on that statistic which made a, a clean sheet quite nice today um, but but yeah they, they had the chances to to make it a bit more comfortable for, for the punters I, th- I think that was it was certainly nervy towards the end with with um, when Godfrey uh, blocked Ake's chance from the corner Ake had a header late on as well then he uh, Wilson who uh, completely mishit his his shot. I think he sort of slipped in there and got his legs in a t- in, a, in a tangle. So, yeah, perhaps could have been comfortable, but but that's been a, a major flaw for of, of Norwich's all season. So, um, yeah, a shame. Just just on Steve Cook, I think that might be his first red card in his career. I oh think, really? Yeah. Which is which is some way to get it, isn't it? Not <laughs> bad for a centre back. Exactly. To be yeah, I think it was his, certainly his first in about three hundred games. So. Mm. Um, yeah, what what a way to get it as well because that was that was some save. <laughs> yeah, at least it was worth it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like, it wasn't like a he a did it spectacularly, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Ramsdale saves it, uh, then he's he's the hero, isn't he? Mm. If they end up getting something out of it, so uh, but they didn't, uh, and you can't deny though, Tony, that there were a, there were some serious nerves around the place, weren't there? Because that was the eighth time in eleven games that they've they've taken the lead. So that that final particularly after Godfrey had been sent off um, with, what, 13 minutes remaining and five minutes out of time as well. It was just, it was horrible, scrappy, chaotic football, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it had that feeling everyone was expecting a Palace to happen again, a late, late equaliser. And I I said to Connor during the game, um, once Godfrey had gone off, the atmosphere was just very sort of just waiting for... Anxious. Yeah, anxious, that's the word, waiting for Bournemouth to score. But people needed to remember that they were still winning just get behind them and hopefully they'll get um a second which i mean Bournemouth had a couple of chances but i never felt like they were going to score i don't know about you guys but it never felt like it was inevitable they were going to score it's just a shame Norwich didn't get the second third fourth which they deserved I, th- no. I think I think the second half was certainly too open in in terms of from Norwich's perspective because that that was effectively a second half against ten men they they perhaps could have controlled that a lot better I think Bournemouth were better in the second half yeah absolutely and and it, it's the old cliche isn't it sometimes it is easier to or harder to to play against ten men and and I suppose at that point Bournemouth could be a bit more open because uh, what difference is, does losing two 0 make. Um, Certainly for for their record and where they are at the moment, they desperately needed points, so they were always going to open it up a little bit. But but yeah, it it was too open. It, it wasn't comfortable enough. Norwich had chances. I think Ramsdale made a, made a couple of good saves. In fairness, but yeah, that that game should have been put beyond any doubt. I think um, before before Godfrey's red card, which again was another was another changing point and and just made it like a basketball game from from there. I think. 
going to bring you a little bit of audio from Sam Byram in just a minute. I had a chat with after the game, but it was a what, nice moment. What a header. What a header, exactly. That's uh, Come to you on that, Pad. Uh, that sort of summed up the determination of today, didn't it? This It wasn't a, a classic performance. I and mean, there, there were two teams with similar styles. It was an open game, like, like Connor says, to a certain extent. But there was this moment during, uh, it was some point during the last 10 minutes, wasn't it, when Byram just said, get out of the way. That is my header. And that sort of personified the, the character of the day, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, literally... It put me in mind of uh, when John Terry basically no thought to his personal safety. I think it was a League Cup t- <laughs> final at Cardiff, I think. We're going way back again. Um, taking the listeners down memory lane. He got knocked out, didn't he? By, was yeah, it DRB? Yeah, Ferrar, yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, just just no thought of anything other than I've got to clear this ball. And I think you will maybe say, Dave, that he, he, he basically felt he had to rectify his own mistake because his initial touch wasn't great. But that aside, I mean, there was two or three Bournemouth players all converging aerial ball and it's one of them you know you're probably going to get hurt not not a bit of it just took the ball and anything else that wanted to come in his way and uh for me the commitment that he showed there that just um typified the performance really because uh you know maybe not every player would have uh thought in those terms in when processing am I going to get hurt here or not but not a bit of it and uh and he is one I think Going back to Norwich's recruitment, he's the only one they paid money for in the summer, and that's looking an absolute snip. Three quarters of a million for a guy who can play left back, right back. Probably still got his best days in front of him. Um, looks a fine player, fine player. And, and to me, I'm not surprised now that Jamal Lewis is not getting in that side. It sounds like I missed the moment of the match. You didn't see it? <laughs> no. Uh, I've given it the big build-up and you didn't <laughs> where, see it. Where were you? I, I don't know. I must have... He was looking to see if there was, was any food. He must have been looking down. He was daydreaming about Andre Duda. What, what minute, what minute did this happen? Well, it was the point where you depart. What time did you go? Like about 62 minutes in or something? <laughs> no, no, I, I, I seem to remember I went and got you a coffee at half-time. Yeah, so. okay, you did. You did. I think it was about 88 minute without, without checking. You might, you might have headed down to the front at that yeah, point. I, I, I must have been biting my nails, heading my hands. Yeah, that'll be it, yeah. He's proven to be a popular man, yeah. and he is keeping Jamal Lewis out, and he's showing a, a good bit of defensive steel. So let's hear from Sam Byron. Yeah, sort of when he blew the final whistle, I mean, like you say, we were a bit relieved. But um, I think like a few of the previous games, we've created quite a lot of chances. Um, and probably looking back, we should have put the game to bed a bit earlier. Um, it's, a, it's a massive three points for us, and it's nice to get a clean sheet as well. Did you feel like there was pressure coming into this one, or did you all manage to do to sort of keep that away from yourselves? Um, <laughs> we're going to have pressure sort of for the rest of the season obviously with them being one, point, one place above us um, you know there might have been a bit more added pressure but um, you know, we're going to have it all season I think it, you know, as, as players that's something that we, we deal with um, you know, it's cliche but each game uh, we just sort of focus on the next one and the next one and um, keep trying to pick points up <coughs> in terms of all the character it felt like there was one moment for you right at the end where you went and won that header and it was like I am winning this header it felt like you know Toddy Emmy, there was a lot of that today. Yeah, um, I think I messed, messed up sort of 10 seconds before, so I knew I had to win the header. But like you say, um, right from the front to the back, you know, everyone was working for each other, um, winning the ball, like, you know, we pressed well. Um, and, you know, there's never been a doubt about sort of our, our work ethic and team spirit. Um, you know, I just think, um, like, like I said previously, there's games where we should have maybe um, picked up more. Uh, thankfully, today, 
The goal. Have you ever seen anything like that before? A great save. Yeah, I think it's one of them where it's sort of just your natural instinct. To, he's obviously seen it's going in, um, and he's just tried to stop it. But I think um, looking back, he probably regrets doing it. But um, obviously, if team misses the penalty, then it's nil nil, and uh, could have saved his team. Um, obviously, it's gone our way today, and you know, very grateful. Okay, so winning, that actually avoided uh, equaling a club record in the top flight. And this would have been not a nice one to have either. It would have been nine home games without a win. And that would have levelled a run during the 1972-73 season, the club's first ever campaign in the top flight. So they did equal the Premier League record, which was 93-94. But as we know, football did exist before 1992. Apparently so, apparently so. I mean... The, the the older generations tell us, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, 1972-73, um, they did go through a, a run of nine games without a win, but they've avoided that, thankfully, back to winning ways. And and that was one of the things Daniel said ahead of the game, wasn't it, Pad, that um, made the point that if we win all the, our home games, yep. um, this is me pretending to be Daniel Farker. <laughs> You've got to do the accent, the accent Dave. You've got to do the accent, mate. Um, if Norwich win all their Don't go too deep with it, though. <laughs> they will stay up. That was basically his point, wasn't it? He did, yeah. I mean, he basically said we win seven home games, um, and then he did caveat it and said he'd probably need a few more points away from home. And then it, back in the car, coming back from Colney yesterday, we were trying to work it out, and I think we settled on probably eight wins would need, be needed prior to today. Um, I put that very same point to him, Dave, after the game, and he said, yep, I said seven, now it's six. Box ticked, he said, was more or less his word, so... Long may that continue, although, unfortunately, we all know who's next at Car Road in the <laughs> league, so that's going to be a rather tall order. Yeah, I was just going to pull up those fixtures. So, uh, it's Liverpool's next, yeah? yeah. Um, but we've got, who else is there? There is Leicester still to come. Hang on, I've got the got them here. Yeah, Southampton, Everton, Brighton, West Ham, Burnley. So, yeah, I mean, Burnley, West Ham, Brighton, Everton, Southampton, they are definitely games which... They should be in with a with a chance of winning at home. Yeah. Leicester and Liverpool, yeah, that's going to be difficult. But they should have beaten Leicester away from home, and it would be just like Norwich to be the team that that prevent Liverpool from going on on an unbeaten season. That would be a very a long come Norwich. <laughs> I think star. they'd need another open top bus tour if they managed to beat <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> uh, let's let's hope we're talking about that. Um, so yeah, that's that's a good one to uh, to shake off. Um, it, it, Connor, I'll come to you in just a second for the um, for the questions and the remaining comments um, on the uh, on the pink and Twitter feed. But in terms of the the support pad, I mean, we saw um, a real nice um, sort of show of support before the game. There was that the, the big banner in the south stand, uh, the mosaic in the lower river end. So it's good to see that the um, uh, fan efforts are spreading around the ground because I think there has maybe been a little bit of disappointment that, that hasn't spread before uh, because the Barclay uh, sort of had the majority of the fun with that, haven't they? And um, at the end of the game, did you did you feel like there was a surge in, in belief or, or maybe people are still just keeping the powder dry at, at this point? I think it was relief, firstly, to, to get over the line the way the game panned out. But, but I think um, it certainly can't do anything other than restore a little bit of belief. I mean, as Tony rightly says, it's, it's a very long road left. Um, but I thought the crowd were good today. I thought the moments they almost sensed that there was there was moments there in the second half where they needed to lift those players, and they did. To be fair to them, um, and you only had to see at the final whistle. You know, it's been a while since we've seen the Farker orchestration, and uh, Tim Krul as well, notably went on his own, 
point of going all the way to the lower Barclay and then he walked back round towards the snake pit and he was doing a lot of fist pumping. So, so he, al- he also he also popped up in the back of my video. So uh, did he? yeah, he did. So he's, he's a, he's a very, very very happy man this evening. Yeah. Um, so for me, as much as Daniel and I said this to him after the game, you know, you didn't want to package it as a must win, but we all knew that you look at the league table, you looked at Bournemouth coming to town in dire need of a win themselves. It did feel like a must win, and for me, those celebrations both on the pitch and off the pitch probably uh, illustrated that. Um, and they'll certainly need it when Liverpool come to town because that is going to be a very, very difficult game. Bit of breaking news. Uh, while we're recording, um, the late game has been playing out. Newcastle have scored a 94th minute winner against Chelsea. Uh, Tony punches the air because he pretends to be a Newcastle fan. Uh, Isaac Hayden, 94th minute. Um, so that has moved Newcastle. We're recording Saturday night. That's moved Newcastle up to 12th, <laughs> which shows that it is quite a congested Premier League uh, mid-table. What a, jo- what a job Steve Bruce has done there, by the way. Fair play, yeah. I mean, I, I do kind of have this sort of feat... Uh, um, uh, theory with managers that sometimes a bit like Nigel Pearson maybe uh, Watford is when you appoint someone that people don't expect and there isn't pressure on them maybe you could even say it about Farker um, that it does free them a little bit to to make those decisions without so much scrutiny because there's not much expectation on them is there when whereas when you bring in a Mourinho immediately if you don't win games as is proving to be the case at Tottenham then there's a bit of pressure on them straight away isn't there so uh, I'll, I'll give you a prime example of that if, if you compare who Everton appointed to who West Ham appointed, and the difference in perception there is is, is quite interesting, rightly or wrongly. Yeah, but point, it, yeah. it feeds into that narrative, doesn't it? I suppose. Yeah, but Tony, you you follow Newcastle <laughs> generally. Um, <laughs> he, he follows Newcastle about as closely as I do. He doesn't. He doesn't have one because he's a glory hunter, that it, man. I I mean, Steve Bruce is like stinks of one of those managers who has a good twelve months and then it yeah. dips off. That that seems to be his career. Yeah, agreed. but if he keeps you in the Premier League this year, given that replacing Rafa was was a, a tough act to follow, then he's done his job. And yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, football is a yearly thing. They stay up, everyone's happy. Next year, same thing will happen. They won't spend money. They'll probably struggle. You, you, Bruce will get sacked, and forty then million it's, it's pound striker Joe Wellington. Didn't score today, did he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we know who's going there in a couple of weeks' time, don't we? Exactly. That was, yeah. uh, that was sort of what I was going to come on to next. But, yeah, 12, 12, 29 points. So they are 12 points better off than Norwich, which Ooh. means they're pretty much sort of getting out of reach of Norwich catching them. Sorry, uh, I'm just looking at Burnley. They're playing Leicester tomorrow. Mm-hmm. If they lose, I mean, they're in trouble as well. Is that at Turf Moor? Don't know about I will that. have a look. I predicted Burnley would go down this season. I'll just uh, just th- add that in there. I think I predicted Southampton as one of them, but that seems to have gone now. Yeah, Burnley are at home. Burnley at home and Liverpool, Man United tomorrow as well. So um, while, while we're on it, we might as well just go through the, the results as we're here. As uh, Watford drawing 0-0 with Tottenham. Troy Deeney having a penalty save quite late on in that one. Sheffield United drawing 1-1 at Arsenal. Uh, Villa managed to get a 1-1 draw at Brighton. Yeah, a lot of draws. Uh, Man City 2-2 at home with Palace. That's a good result for Palace. Uh, Southampton's uh, momentum check, losing 3-2 at home up as to well. Wolves. So they were doing, oh, there we go. Uh, and West Ham won, Everton won. So um, it, is, it is still tight. I mean, Norwich are six points adrift of safety, but they're also what eight points adrift of Brighton in 14th. So if they could manage to string a few wins together, Connor, it's definitely, definitely still on. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. I, I think it's going to be incredibly difficult, um, if, even with the win today. Look, it, it could change the tide, and we certainly saw them uh, on the receiving end of a bit more luck today because I, I think had to... VAR have decided that Todd Cantwell have handled that ball. I, I would have liked to. Have, well, I wouldn't have liked to have seen the reaction, but the reaction inside Carrow Road, 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Connor loves VAR. That's, yeah. that's the youth of today for you. <laughs> I, I think. Look, if, if, I think it, it, it all depends on whether or not they can go to Spurs and get a result, which isn't inconceivable given the way Tottenham are playing at the moment and, and given that... No Harry about, Kane? Exactly, no Harry Kane. I don't think they've scored in about four or five hours of football. Um, so so it's all set up. If they can go there and get a point, I, I think certainly in, in recent weeks to come as well, there's a lot of the teams in and around them playing each other. So that's probably going to make things a little bit harder for them as well. Um but yeah, they've they've got they've got to start winning games before I think they 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 begin to worry about what other teams around them are doing. But it's it's certain they're certainly and as I said to Tony um, halfway through the game, sort of looking at the the live table, it's certainly now a situation where you can see them getting out of it. Whereas before today, I don't think you could have. So from that perspective, it, it has restored a bit of belief and a bit of hope um, for how long that will last. Uh, <laughs> we shall see. It, c- it could end in, in three days' time. Well, we'll come back to Tottenham in, in just a minute, but if I come to you for the uh, questions and comments that we've had through to the to the Ping and Twitter account since then, and I've got a bit of Tim Krill to play as well, looking ahead to Tottenham. Yeah, just just a couple, actually. Uh, you, you can tell they've won. There seems to be uh, <laughs> a few more people content with the situation. People are loving the content. You can tell we've won. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Self-plug. Uh, first one is, is from our, our colleague, Pe- uh, Pete Raven, who's, who's keen to point out that we're in a studio and that we've changed since our uh, award nomination. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second is uh, a pun, I think, from, from the Unthank Kitchen, who said, what difference will it make to your week having tasted that wheel- winning feeling again? So I think that is uh, a slight plug from them. But okay, <laughs> well... It, Interestingly enough, actually, um, Tim Krull, when um, the interview kicked off with him, Chris Gorham normally leads the way with with these things because obviously it matters to him to have the audio of his questions uh, and then uh, guys like myself and Michael Bailey follow up with a a few questions from there. And one of the things that Tim said, sort of showing what a good guy he is, he even mentioned that um, it's going to be good for us, as in the media, in that um, we've had a, a tough time of it, in that we've had to constantly say, uh, you know, Norwich haven't got the points they've deserved. They haven't had the luck they deserve. Things like that, which is which is interesting for him to to notice that. But he did also. Uh, I think Tim must must read some some stuff in the papers and 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 take stuff in. He's a big fan of the pink and trust Lucas Rupp yeah. is, isn't he? He's, he's a big fan. Of Lucas, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been in the country two days and he's already <laughs> subscribed to the EDP. <laughs> Good he, lad. He honestly admitted that. Um, you know, everybody was writing about this being a must-win game, and the players totally agreed with that. So, is that um, what we said? Yeah, is yeah. Um, and so, it's only, pat ourselves on the back. It's only Mr. Farker who didn't get the memo. Then, clearly, <laughs> he, he, he is a good talker, Tim. He, he comes across like a normal guy, and he's all, he's always very honest. And he's been good to, in talking after defeats this season. So it's nice to be able to speak to him <laughs> after a win. But in terms in terms of that that tweet from Anthony Kitchen yeah yeah it is honestly from our from our job we have no control over what happens with Norwich City but when they win it's much more enjoyable isn't it Pat? <laughs> all day long yeah and we were we were dining out in big style this time last year <laughs> as that finishing line came into view and uh, yeah I mean it might surprise p- people that you maybe they feel that we uh, you know the content side of things and, and it's better when they lose because people are more aerated and and want to vent their spleen to, to use that phrase but Actually, I think all the time I've been doing this job, I think when Norwich are doing well and they're on the up and everybody's positive, I think that's a better scenario for all concerned because uh, you know, certainly on a professional level, it, it's a lot easier to cover the club when they're winning games and uh, and you're not having to sort of uh, you know put some probing questions to the people who matter inside the club as to why things are the wheels are falling off in a big way. So give me a win over a defeat any day of the week. I think it's easy to forget that 
sport, football especially, is escape escapism for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. So when stuff and politics and yeah. all that is getting people down, when your team's losing, nothing good's going on in your life, is it? So yeah. Norwich give you a win on a Saturday, it sets you up for the rest of the week, doesn't it? it does. Yeah, um, but in this situation particularly, we've had to sort of keep calm in terms of we're, we're the ones who are reporting the club's viewpoint on uh, you know the long-term project and the fact that they'd always teed this season up that it could be difficult. So I think we've managed to strike the well, I hope that we've managed to strike the right balance in not getting too uh, carried away with defeats and 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 hopefully not getting too high with with a victory. Although we're having a bit of a fun bit of fun with it tonight. Um, I, I think that's uh, that's fair enough because if you don't enjoy the victories in football, then then what's the point? Um, we've teed him up, so let's hear a bit from Norwich City number one, Tim Krill. I mean, the crowd was like the uh, really. It's easy on a cold day like this to be a bit doom and gloom and we're bottom of the league, and but no, they and we didn't even ask for it, and that's the nice thing, you know, because it's sometimes a bit like oh we need you, but no, they they actually were already there for us, and that's that's nice, and um, and they have been all season, so. Um, we're pleased we gave something back because it's uh, it's difficult for them as well. I think you've got five yellow cards now mm. this season, which is quite a lot for a keeper. You, you you like to be involved, don't you? You don't you don't like to just be one of those keepers who sort of sits no. back and watch. You you want to have an influence on your teammates. Yeah, no, I'm, I've listen. I I want to stay up. That's the most important. And if I see something happening, what um, I don't think is right, I will I will say it. And um, and um, I got a couple for time wasting. And that's the thing when you're in the, in, um, at the bottom of the league, yeah, referees are going to pick up on it from minute 20. They're already starting at me. Oh, you need to hurry up. So, okay. I mean, sometimes you need to take one for the team. And yeah, I've got uh, five, well, four more now. Hmm. I need to be, be careful. Hmm. So, hopefully, this can be the spark then. This is, can be the start yeah. of something kind of. So, you go to Tottenham on, on Wednesday. How do you build on this? How, what, what are the key things you need to do to, to get those points you need in the back? Well, we know we need to win another six. And, um, and that's the most important thing. Um, how we're going to do that? That's the, definitely uh, Wednesday's a huge game. We're not listen. Nobody's expecting us to go there and and, and play them off the park. But we, we've been good um, for the last two or three months. We let ourselves down a little bit last week. I felt, but what a reaction! And yeah, let's go there and. and don't be afraid for the occasion. Just take it by the horns and, and build on it. Without Kane, do you, do you think there's a possible chance that they're, they're a bit vulnerable? I mean, Watford needed uh, they needed a penalty save against Watford to draw nil nil. Really? Yeah. Um, no, top team though. No. Listen, the Sun up front is so fast in quality. So, um, but even here though, we, not so long ago, yeah. we I thought uh, we should have gone to two up yeah. uh, with Pookie and we, we gave him a right right good game. So. We even deserve a bit more than a draw there. So yeah, we don't we don't go there afraid. We go there with confidence. Absolutely. Thanks, boys. Well from true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com/channel/archant. So Tim is saying there's nothing to fear going to Tottenham. Pointing out that two-two draw, of course, late December. If VAR had not got its tiny little lines out and ruled Timo Pukki's goal offside for uh, that would have been 2-0 Mario Brancic would have had the assist of the season on his record and they quite possibly would have beaten Tottenham with Harry Kane uh, so Pad how, do you see a possibility of them going there and causing causing upset it, it's kind of a free swing isn't it yeah I think that's definitely the way to package it uh, externally and internally I mean really nobody outside of the Norwich bubble will give We'll give the Canaries 
any hope whatsoever midweek. But that's that to me can be used as a positive because if if they start well and uh, their shape is right and they make the most of the possession they've got, we've seen clearly today that they have an attacking four now who can cause teams problems. If they're able to do that and even better get their noses in front, oh, there's definitely a result there for them. Tottenham are minus Kane and nothing special, and we saw that at Car Road even with Kane. You know, to- Norwich went toe to toe with them that night. But for, as you rightly say, one or two uh, contentious issues out of Norwich's hands, that's a win. So, um, yeah, I think this is a great game now because, you know, they don't win. But if they put in a very good performance, then, you know, they can roll on still with a a degree of optimism. And if they get anything at all, then it just fuels the belief. And more importantly for me, your Villas, your Watfords to a lesser degree, certainly your Bournemouths, Burnley, if they don't get a result this weekend... There we'll start to think, right, OK, we'd written them off. Hang on. It's not quite done yet. This is going down to the wire. So it's all about perception now, both within Norwich's bubble and also externally, because make no mistake, if Norwich hadn't got a result today, <coughs> that's them down in the eyes of most people, I think, who follow yeah. the Premier League. So um, they're, not, they're not down yet by a long stretch, as we say. It's a six-point gap, but that can, you know, that can go in two games. So, uh, yeah, are you asking me, is it... A good game for Norwich to go and have? Absolutely, yeah. Albeit, you know, they'll need to make one or two changes defensively, given Ben Codbury's red card. And really looking forward to, to going to the stadium as well, of course, Connor. Um, the new White Hart Lane, um, there's been so much um, so much mm. hype about it. It looks absolutely cracking. And, and I should get, just give a little plug to the, the pink and app. We're going to try and get to the game nice and early on, on uh, Wednesday night to to try and show you around as much as we can. I'm not sure quite how much will be allowed, but I'm sure people who aren't lucky enough to have a ticket will be really interested to see. So uh, how much are you, how excited are you to, to see it? Connor? Yeah, really looking forward to it. I think it's probably the ground I was most excited to, to go to um, when, when Norwich City won the title because it, it does look so um, grand, doesn't it? I suppose in, in, in terms of in comparison to White Hart Lane and when they had that, it's, it's chalk and cheese, really. I think they, they now have a, a club uh, or a stadium that, almost puts them, maybe raises expectations, but certainly shows them as a big club, I think, now. Um, an elite club. An elite club, absolutely. <laughs> um, certainly on, on the pitch, I think they're, they're far from it at the moment. Uh, they're, they're resembling a bit more of a, the end of a Mourinho era as opposed to the start of one, but there's, there's a lot of uh, change that needs to happen to that squad, I think. But Norwich have, have gone to Leicester and, and, and got a point. Um, they'd played in a certain way at Liverpool but but got beat heavily as will most teams at Anfield this season so it's not beyond the realms that, that Norwich can go there and, and get a point obviously Spurs do still possess tremendous quality in, in terms of Son uh, Deli Alley as well whether Christian Eriksen will be a Tottenham player by the, by the time that fixture rolls about I suppose is, is up for debate but what they are going to have now is a bit, little bit of confidence and it, it's amazing what a win can do and uh, I don't want to compare it too much to what happened in the championship, but it was a one 0 win against Middlesbrough, wasn't it? A scrappy win that really kick started things there and, and not to draw parallels and say that's that's gonna happen again because obviously playing Middlesbrough at home and, and then going away to Spurs is, is, is two completely different propositions. But if if they can put in I think I think for me it's all about performance. If they can get the performance right and it and extract some form of confidence out of it, then then they go to obviously Burnley in the Cup but but then St James's Park with um, a bit of belief and, and, and that really is, is all they need because they do possess the fight I think they, they've shown certainly for me enough within games that, that they've got the quality and now it's about combining the two and, and getting some results Absolutely and I think after that game at Newcastle that's when we'll really reassess the survival prospects isn't it in in terms of uh, whether they can do it but just to, just to allow ourselves to dream a little bit for a, for a minute if they, are, if they were to do it what a few months 
we and they and fans have got a- ahead of them this final end of the season because there is absolutely no doubt about it, Tony. If if they manage, if 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 massive if still. If they managed to do it and Farker managed to pull them out of this situation, that would be an incredible story, wouldn't it? Yeah. Did Farker say that that would be bigger than last season? Yeah. I mean, he said that was a sensation, the title win, but this would be a miracle. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do it, this is the way to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Literally. It'd almost replicate going up through the playoffs, if not better, because now we're in our own little mini league with about, what, six, seven teams now, would you say? I mean, as we've seen, a couple of losses and someone gets dragged down. But yeah, if they were to do it, best achievement of any Norwich City manager in history? I, I think it would be one of the, the club's biggest achievements in, in terms of the position they find themselves in at the moment. It, it seems, I mean, it's, it's difficult for me to see them getting out of it, but but if they did, I think it, it would certainly have to be discussed with some of the biggest achievements because to do it, particularly on the budget that, that they would have done it on and um, how m- many people have written them off. It, it would be such a great story and such a great achievement. And um, Daniel Farker's already got a lot of credit in the bank. I, f- I think he would uh, he'd become pretty pretty popular, even more so, um, if if he managed to pull that off. Uh, it, it would be, as as he said, it w- it would be a miracle. I think from from this position. I think even even just keeping them in touching distance right to the end will be more credit in the bank for Farker with the fans for sure. Because if they'd been cut adrift, lost today. The whole mood changes, doesn't it? But just keeping them in touch, I think, is is all Norwich fans want at the moment. Well, I, I've said it a few times. I think there's there's a way to go down. I think if if you go down with a bit of a whimper, then then that sets as as we see in Huddersfield this season that that you can sink without trace, and and that can Stoke. really absolutely mm. you, you can go stale for our club. I think if if they go if they do get relegated and they go down showing a bit of fight and having a, a pretty decent half of the season, then I think most people perhaps won't forgive them, but will will perhaps um, side with them uh, in in that situation. It certainly would be one of the greatest uh, achievements in, in the club's history. But, we, of course, we've got to remember that, that the club did achieve real success mm-hmm. on, a, on a budget in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, yeah, finishing third, very fourth, true. fifth, yeah. uh, two FA Cup semi-finals. So, in terms of perspective, it, it would be up there. But, um, yeah, they, they've still got a bit of work to do to match the sort of Dave Stringer, Mike Walker um, success. Right, absolutely. <laughs> well... Well, try. <laughs> Who are you talking it, about? Is this what? <laughs> sorry to say, is this what um, the club down the roads fans would call tin pot? What, what finishing what, third in the what, Premier League? No, what we're just saying. Yeah. What in terms of it being yeah. a, a great achievement? Yeah. It's all relative, isn't it? I yeah, think. But but then you'd rather be in the Premier League than League One, wouldn't you? So exactly. What happened with Ipswich in the end today? I didn't uh, actually it came back to win. Didn't they? He said the word. Yeah. Sorry. The word that yeah. should not be said. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I think that will do for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. If you don't already subscribe, then please do. Um, all, all the details are at pinken.com. Uh, also, if you haven't got the app, you can find out the details of how to download it there. And any reviews are also always very much appreciated. Uh, this is brought to you by Arch and Podcasts and... We're on Future Radio 107.8 FM as well, which is great to be uh, involved with those guys recording here at Open Norwich, which is a, a great facility in the city centre. Um, thank you very much for listening. I think we teed up Tottenham quite nicely as uh, as well. Um, we will, of course, be with you uh, soon after that. The next pod will probably be after the Burnley game uh, as uh, it's two games in, in quick succession and uh, a nice... Nice trip up to Lancashire. It's been a while since we've been there, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, so thank you very much for listening, and we will catch up.